Welcome to the future of NFTs, brought to you by Adlunum, the first engaged to earn proof of attention IDO launchpad. Hosted by co-founder Natya Bester, we bring you exclusive insights on NFTs, the revolutionary digital technology that's transforming the world as we know it. Hey, Web3 world, this is Natya Bester from Adlunum the Web3 investment ecosystem empowering early stage projects through our startup accelerator, our Web3 pitch arena, and our engaged to earn platform using gamified proof of attention and dynamic NFT investor profiles. And as always, welcome to today's show where you are listening to the future of NFTs, the show that looks beyond current NFT use cases to what non-fungible token technology is evolving into all of this as seen through the eyes and built by the minds of the fascinating guest speakers that we speak to each week. And today is no different because today we are talking about dynamic NFTs, the future of NFT art and astrology. So my guest today in our decentralized Twitter spaces or X studio is Web3 artist and creator Fernanda Bocard. Now, Fernanda is a rising star in the NFT art space. Uh, she has a background in film. And since, since launching her career in the digital art space in 2020, she has achieved notable success, first with her serious and cool people collection, uh, all 111 pieces sold out. And this collection is well-loved for its unique narratives, celebrating human stories and diversity with a touch of humor, which you'll see if you go on the website. Uh, her art has also gained recognition and been featured at prominent events such as NFT NYC 2023, the Museum of the Future in Mexico. And Fernanda is also known for her collaborations with platforms like Reddit, Binance, and Bitso. Now, uh, she recently unveiled her second collect collection, uh, Dusina. I'm not quite sure, Fernanda, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, and this collection integrates the changing zodiac signs into the art itself on a monthly basis using dynamic NFTs. Uh, you know, really offering collectors a dynamic and a personalized experience. So, Fernanda, welcome to the show. I knew I had to get you on the future of NFTs when I saw how you are using dynamic NFTs in Dusina. Oh, and disclaimer, I'm not entirely unbiased today because I became a collector myself just this morning and I made a note on my calendar to go check out my NFT for my birthday surprise next year. So uh, yeah, very, very happy and excited to have you with us today. I'm looking forward to the conversation that we're going to have. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Do you like the, the minting process? The minting process, that it was really incredibly easy. And I just have to comment on <laughs> how low the barrier to entry is becoming. Um, I mean, of course, still, if you're not someone who has a wallet, then that's, that, that, that obstacle is still there. The hurdle is still there. 
Um, but just in terms of the sign-up process, it was really, really easy. And, you know, the, I, I think it's so much to do with the excitement of also the sign-up process itself. Like, I love the way that, you know, I was taken through the questions. And uh, also, I, I mean, I definitely go and invite anyone to go check it out because it's a really cool experience. I think one of the really cool things that I liked about it was the questions that you ask in order to uh, generate the signature bio for which you're using AI. So, uh, yeah, very excited to be talking about this today because I think the experience was not only from, you know, the ease of the onboarding process, but really also how you leverage together so many different technologies, whether this is AI, whether this is just, you know, NFTs as a concept in art generally, and also, of course, uh, the dynamic NFTs, which I'm really excited by. But before we get into all of this, um, I want to work backwards a little bit. This is one of my favorite conversations with people in Web3. So how did you go, in your case, from a career in film to getting into the NFT space? What's that origin story? Okay, well, um, I used to live in Argentina and I moved to Mexico like five years ago. I started working in a hotel and I started learning English. And then I moved to Mexico City because I used to live in, in the Caribbean side of Mexico. And then I met uh, a new friend and he saw my illustrations because I always paint, but only for myself. I never monetized my artwork before because I used to work in films as an art assistant and art director sometimes. And that person who saw my paintings told me about NFTs that was like, I don't know, two years and a half ago or three years ago. And then I started seeing a huge opportunity for, for me and for my artwork. So I started with NFTs two years and a half ago. I started studying. Of course, I didn't understand anything. And then I decided to launch a collection myself. And I'm not working in film and in movies. Actually, I moved from Argentina to Mexico to work in the film industry. And that never happened. <laughs> But I, I love how, I mean, it's almost come full circle in a way in, uh, in what you said earlier about not monetizing your own art. I mean, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people in the NFT space um, that have always been artistic, but have never really pursued a career as an artist. And then be, with this technology and just really playing around, having fun, exploring what's possible, that actually unlock careers for themselves, which I think is incredible. But I wonder, uh, your background in film, how has that influenced the way that you approach your NFT collections uh, that, you, that you've uh, launched, or also just your involvement in the industry in general? How has your previous experience kind of played into the way that you shape your, your role in this industry? I think uh, with Serious and Cool, Serious and Cool is about characters and stories. And I think that I did that because of my, ground, and my background in film, because storytelling, of course, is very important for us. But yeah, I'm trying to create NFT collection that the people can experience, can feel, can connect with. And I think that's because of my background in film and storytelling and in art direction. Yeah, for sure. I think it's for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is such an important point to touch on because that, that word experience, we're definitely moving away from this era and, and we'll definitely get into that today uh, about, you know, the, the era of PFPs where it was enough to have some art and then 
launch the collection and then off you go. Everyone's going to make a whole bunch of money only to afterwards realize, well, there wasn't much more to it. Um, so that being the one argument. And then on the other hand, you know, NFT art where in a lot of cases, people that have not adopted collecting would ask the question, well, I mean, why not just a JPEG? Why does it need to be an NFT? So how do you see the experience of an NFT collection being different than these, you know, just really static use of the technology, which certainly plays an important role or has played an important role, but is perhaps not as interactive and as engaging with collectors uh, as you are definitely trying to make it to be? Yeah, it, just because I'm an artist and I'm not offering um, like a huge roadmap or um, how do you say, I, I, I don't have the word, like a... Utilidad? What's the word? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, utility. not so much utility. Yeah, <laughs> utility for sure. Yes. Uh, so, so not That's so much word. utility necessarily, yeah. but what, what your what your collections do is they bring things alive in a way that you know even even the standard sort of art utility or the standard PFP utility, um, you go above and beyond that, uh, from what I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I wanted to do something different. I I didn't want to offer utility things that I can't, like a, I, I can't do that, you know, because I'm just some single artist. And I understood the fact that the NFT must be an experience for the collector. And if they want to collect my art, it's because they like my art and that's it. That's it. They are not expecting to make a lot of money from my collections. Actually, the first collection, I had some uh, secondary sales and I felt a little bad, to be honest. I felt good for the, the primary collector because uh, that people make some money. But at the same time, I felt like a little sad and bad for the people who got on the secondary market because I felt the pressure that I need to give them something because they spend a lot of money in an, in an NFT and it's just art. You know what I mean? So with the second collection, I thought that I didn't want to create and incentivize a, a secondary market. So that's why with Docena, I did something totally different. And this is what I'm trying to do with NFTs. Now I'm creating a new NFT and it's linked to a really cool API. So the NFT is going to change. It's going to be dynamic. And I'm going to tell my immigrant story, uh, the moving that I made from Argentina to Mexico. And I'm trying all the time to create experience with my NFTs. Not about utility. It's not about to make a lot of money, not even for myself. It is about to create a career and to really express myself through NFT. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's such an important part of the conversation because so often, especially in the NFT space, the only thing that people talk about is either, well, as you say, what's the utility, what this is actually yeah. going to be used for, or alternatively, well, how am I going to make a whole bunch of money and create generational wealth and never have to, you know, to work again and sit on my yacht all day. And, and there's not really this middle ground. So it seems like that's really something that you strive for with the art that you are creating, I mean, as you say, it's a technology and that technology opens up so many different doors to us. So the doors are there. We might be the first people to step through them, but the doors are there. We just have to be curious and explore. So I want to 
go first a little bit into into the series and cool people collection what inspired i mean you 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 know that storytelling as you said it's a career that you've been in uh whether this has been in the film industry whether it's here now uh so the storytelling element is there but really what inspired for you to create this collection of serious and cool people really just to celebrate story and diversity and and all of this and and what was that experience like can you tell us you know behind the scenes how how it went yeah sure and it's just because i love characters and i love to create characters and i love to draw and paint characters and people real real people and unreal people and when i saw all the people creating animals like monkeys <laughs> I thought I need to be something different, but I love to create the most. And of course, I love to create people. And I have a little problem because I'm not good at drawing smiles. So I decided to create serious but cool people. So yeah, that's the name of the collection, Serious and Cool People. And I started on paper because I I haven't had an, an iPad or a tablet. So I started on paper to create all the characters. So I paint like a, almost a hundred characters on the paper with acrylics and, and pencils. And then I, I got an, a tablet and now I have an iPad. <laughs> so yeah, I was growing little by little. And I decided to create people because I love people and I wanted to create like a serious people, but the stories that they have are really cool. So they are serious, but the people are gonna love at them because the story are really cool and it works and the people love it and I sold out within a month yeah I mean I this really for me just speaks to how when you give people what they want uh, they really resonate with what it is that you are doing but so fast forward from that market that we were in at the time when people very easily bought NFTs to where we are today I mean, we've seen a lot of, you know, hibernation all across the Web3 industry, especially because of the crypto market being so tied to, well, whether it's this price or whether it's that price. And of course, NFTs have seen uh, a similar sort of outflow of that. Uh, people are not as interested anymore. They don't really want to collect uh, art to the same extent anymore that they used to. So if you are talking to an artist today who, like you, has understood that this technology is going to offer them something different, something new for their career, what advice would you give them if they were starting now with it, where the, the interest and the appetite and, and really the money is not the same as it used to be, you know, sort of two to three years ago? Yeah, I mean, if you're here for the art because you're an artist, this is your place. But if you're here to make more money, um, mm, this is not your place. <laughs> I mean, you can make money, of course. We all want to make money with our art. But uh, NFTs, what I, what I think is fascinating is about the technology. And for example, with Serious and Cool, I create a PFP and one-of-one -one collection. And now with Docena, it's more one-of-one artwork and the next collection is just one piece so i'm trying to go more into the one-of-one -one artwork because i think you can get like a more real collectors people who are more willing to support artists and with pfp is it's different now I, I don't think they're working anymore at least you are giving the pfp for free or something like that or maybe if you're a brand 
but yeah, I think if you if you create like a one upon artwork and if you're an artist, this is your place. You you can make money, but it's not all about money. You can create really good connections and you can connect with really cool people. So on that note, in terms of community, how did you see the community come together with serious and cool people? Did you create a community around it or is that something that still you would like to do? Kind of how are you seeing the, the, the community around PFPs coming together and then taking it a step further? Well, with serious and cool something really weird and unique happened because I was very new in the space and I decided to create a LinkedIn profile. I had on a LinkedIn at that time, but a friend of mine who saw my, my paintings and who saw my, that I was doing a collection, he introduced me to LinkedIn and she invited me to a female disruptor online event for female that want to, I don't know, share some project. And I was there and she suggested me to open a LinkedIn profile. And then I saw a huge potential on LinkedIn. I don't know if the people know that, but LinkedIn is very powerful for creators. So I decided to start posting about my artwork and then the community happened. I don't know. They start posting about my artwork, about myself, about Sears and Cool. And then I didn't do anything at the beginning on LinkedIn then I started to create the community to connect with all of them to be more active but at the beginning it just just, just happened on LinkedIn that's amazing and I, I don't think many people are aware of really how much the, the web3 community on LinkedIn is growing uh, yeah. so it's a very different space than the one here on Twitter or on X uh, it's you know it's much more sort of doxed and serious serious in the sense that there's a, there are so many people like being so open and transparent about what they're building and how they're getting through the bear market um so if you're not on linkedin guys and definitely it's something that i can recommend uh so now i want to know so you've gone from the serious and cool people pfp collection to the one that you have just launched recently now i mean when i saw this for the first time i just absolutely loved how you use the concept of dynamic NFTs and weave it into art and make it more of an interactive experience. So please tell us a little bit about uh, Ducina and how does it work, uh, these month-to-month -month changes as the Zodiac changes and what, what was the inspiration behind it? Yeah, well, I'm obsessed with uh, dynamic NFTs, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, you can create a lot of things with that technology. And after Serious and Cool, of course, I wanted to create a 10K PFP collection or something like that. And then, uh, of course, that was a really bad idea. And I decided to create, I wanted to make more like a one-of-one -one artwork. And I love the Zodiac uh, signs. I love the design, you know, that you can create with, with that subject. And I decided to create that collection. And then I thought about dynamic NFTs because uh, Docena, it is about the zodiac sign. So you have 12 different images and the images change accordingly to the zodiac sign. So right now we are, for example, in the Virgo era. And I think 10 days, I'm not sure if, it, if it's in September 22nd, 23rd, something like that, the NFT is going to change to Libra. So month by month, the NFT is going to change and it's based on the zodiac sign dates. So I wanted to do not only that, I wanted to add something extra special for the collectors. So on the collector's birthday, the NFT is going to change 
So the collect the collector can expect expect a little visual surprise to celebrate that special date. And I wanted to add something that I made with your and Cole and that works really good, which is the storytelling and the mini bio of each character. But of course, I can't create a ton of new um, mini bio for each collector. So I decided to create a signature story using AI for each collector, depending on this uh, zodiac sign or the, on the collector. For example, if you're Virgo, I already create a prompt for Virgo. So when you go and meet your NFTs, I'm going to ask you some questions about your personality to create a, a story that can match with your personality. So yeah, this is the Senna. So change based on the zodiac sign, change on the collector birthday, and also includes a signature story. Yeah, I mean, this is why I was so excited when I went through the process myself today because it was so much more interactive um, and it felt so much more personal than the standard minting of an NFT, whatever the NFT might be. So do you think that this is something that artists are more and more going to start incorporating into their NFTs, whether it's dynamic NFTs and the many, many, I mean, almost limitless things that you can do with it, um, your, your use case being like really such a cool uh, use case so early on, because as you say, not only is the Zodiac cool art, but it's also something that changes 12 times a month. So there's a lot of opportunity for this interaction. Uh, but so technologies like dynamic NFTs on the one hand, and then of course, AI on the other where it's so easy to then create a prompt that can really, if there's a little bit of input from uh, from the user side, then this pre this prompt that you've pre pre created can then kind of link up to this unique personality of this person. Do you think that this is something that we are going to start seeing more and more, not necessarily only in the art world and the NFT art world, but really in the in the Web three space where we see a lot of big brands coming in. And they have certain experiences, but we also have a lot of grassroots artists and innovators that don't have those big budgets, but everyone has access to the same technology. So do you think this is kind of the direction that we're going to start moving into where even this space is going to become more interactive, more engaging, more personalized than it has been up until now? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think the dynamic NFTs or even the NFTs itself uh, give us uh, the opportunity to create really cool things, not only static art that can you own and have in your wallet, you can really create an experience. And let me tell you something about the prompt. Create a prompt is not easy at all. I spent like, I don't know, maybe two months to create the right prompt because ChatGPT has some glitch. So you have to prove and make it like a proof and error, like a ton of time until you get the 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 right things that you want right so yeah it's, it's not easy at all to work with an ai because the ai can have some errors so yes i create 12 different prompts but i spend a lot of time creating that prompt because i want the people to feel connect with the story so i read a lot about sorex sign i read it i read a lot about the personality for each sign and also I create those questions to make more accurate you know the story so I did that because I know it's possible with this technology 
So if you start reading more, if you start learning more, watching more YouTube tutorial or learning from other artists, you can really create cool stuff. Actually, my, my other NFT, the one that I'm working on right now, I can't tell you, but I think it's really, really cool and really creative. And I can do that just because of the NFT. And now I'm working with a big brand and I'm helping them to create um, an NFT strategy. And I think if that brand um, hired me, because that's not sure yet, I think we can do really cool stuff because they have the budget. They have the money to make it. And of course, I'm thinking to create something with dynamic NFT, something interactive and and yeah i think that the sky's the limit well congratulations looking forward to hearing what that is all about um yeah as i said easy the word easy i actually realized also yeah probably it's not that easy but i'm very glad that you brought it up because at the end of the day, when someone looks at the final product, uh, and I mean, this is true for anything in any industry, but all you see is, you know, what's, what, what's there as the final version. You don't necessarily see the amount of time and work that it went into it. Now, I mean, you've talked about serious and cool, and that was a lot of work. I mean, paper and then go, going all the way up to, to having it electronically, digitally as NFTs. And then also with uh, the, this latest collection, where there's a lot of studying, a lot of learning involved. So when you talk about creating a collection, what is the sort of average total time that you spend from, you know, inception of the idea, like brainstorming and ideating to finally launching the collection to the public? Six months. With Tears and Cool, it was like a five or five or six months. And with the Senna, almost the same. From the idea to to the final product, with Serious and Cool was different because I had no idea about NFTs and I did everything by myself and I mint the NFT on on OpenSea, so it was it was easy that part, but I had to learn first. And with Docena, it was totally different because the technology that we used was so difficult, at least for me, to set. And yeah, it took it took us like two months to really put the collection out there in the te technical side and now we are going to launch a new feature because we allow the payment with credit card and debit and the crypto and cr card credit card or debit card but doesn't work <laughs> we had a problem so now we are going to relaunch the collection the payment with credit card maybe today maybe tomorrow because it's ready now but yeah it's, it's a lot of like um you have to try and try and try until the collection is ready. And the people is, they are going to understand if you make a little error or a little mistake, because of course we are, we are human, but in total, it took me six months, each of them, serious and cool and docena. I mean, that's a long time and it's not something yeah, that <laughs> if you, if you, if you look at a collection, I mean, I, I think this is so true for anything, but you never think about the amount of time that goes into it. But do you think that these sort of early adoption hurdle blocks in terms of if you're an artist and you want to get into the space, but you have no idea where to begin. So there's so many different things that you have to learn about even before you can start the collection. What do you think like, what, what do you think the best sort of onboarding process for an artist would be? I mean, ideally people would want to experiment with anything that comes across, they, they come across, 
But because everything is so new, this whole thinking behind using technology and what the technology is, it's all about. I mean, there's so many barriers to entry for so many people because they don't understand the terminologies. So what do you think would be the, the best practice way for an artist to get from where you were, where you had no idea what any of this meant to kind of today where you're very comfortable with pushing the boundaries and learning about new things, even though, you know, it might be technically difficult. There might be a lot of sort of things that go wrong, uh, but you, you have this resilience uh, that you've obviously built up. But how do you recommend that a new artist getting into the space, get their feet wet and then build up that resilience? Well, um, I can think in only one name. I don't know if you know the hack. X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, I don't know how can I say that, Z. And they are doing an amazing, amazing job onboarding and educating artists. You can go to the hack.xyz and you can see, no, it's not C, it's Z. I don't know if I said it right. Sorry for my English. It's Z. And they are doing an amazing job with artists and they are providing educational content so you can learn a lot from them. They are creating workshops. Actually, uh, I was in a, in a workshop with them about dynamic NFTs. So the next dynamic NFTs that I'm going to create is because of them. They help me and they guide me to, with, to this idea. So I think that's the best resources. If you are an artist and you want to learn more, just reach out of them, contact them, follow them, and learn from them because they are doing great. Yeah, and, and it's great also just to see people come together and support one another in the education and in the you know, the sandbox phase when all of this is so new. Um, how, how do you think about the evolution of education in this space? Because in 2020, we had so many new people coming into, especially NFTs specifically, and everyone was making collections, everyone was buying collections, but there wasn't necessarily as much education about the technology itself. Why, why is it relevant? Um, I know I've spoken to people you know, that, ne don't, that are not necessarily in this industry who have said, well, I mean, what's the point of buying this? Um, I don't even have digital art on my computer. Like, why would I have it in a wallet that I don't know how to operate? So how do you think the education has played a role both in, I mean, in, the, in, in 2020, there was not necessarily so much education needed because there was a lot of money being made. Uh, and so people were very focused on that. But ever since, I mean, education has started playing a bigger and bigger role because we don't see as many collectors as we used to. A lot of artists have come, they've left, not quite understanding what the possibilities are. So do you think that education going forward is going to be that bridge that bring new people into the space and perhaps people who tried it but didn't understand it or didn't work out back into the space? I think we will see more collectors in the new in the next bull market. <laughs> I think the new collectors appear when we are in the bull market, and the real ones uh, are still here, but they are looking more for one of one artwork, maybe on super rare foundation and tessels. So yeah, of course, education is very important. And for example, my family they don't understand why they should buy an NFT, a digital asset. They they don't get it. And it's okay. And a lot of my friends, they are telling me, okay, I want to buy one, but what can I do with it? 
And it is about this new perspective and this new era of digital, the digital era, which is if you're a collector and you like something, you can collect it because you like it, that's it. And it's digital and you can have it in your wallet and you are supporting the artist. But you need to feel that because at the beginning, for example, last year, I wanted to buy a ton of new NFTs because I know what, what, uh, what that means. And I was in the NFT space and I wanted to support artists. And just for that, I, I bought a, a lot of NFTs. Now it's the same. If I see something that I like, I want to buy it because I'm in the space. I know what that means and I want to support the artists. But for people from outside, the outside world, the real world, I don't know, I don't know you, you name it as you want. Uh, it's really hard to understand why you are going to buy a digital asset to just keep in your wallet. So it, it's about perspective. It is about to understand the technology it is about to open your mind and to support artists if you want. But it's not about anymore to make a lot of money on NFT, to see NFT as an investment. It's not about that anymore. Maybe in the next bull market, we will see more of that. But now it's totally different. Well, during the bull market, everything is always about the, mon the money and the gains and the hype. So anything works and anything goes in the bull market. But I think, as you say, people who are far more serious about the future of where this technology is taking us, they are the ones that are also active in this desert market that we have at the moment. Um, but so I'm curious because we've spoken about PFPs uh, before, and I know that you are also quite outspoken about really just creating an NFT ecosystem that is more sustainable, more, uh, you know, there's more equity in it and that everyone shares. And it's not necessarily only for people who have, large sums of money to get into certain NFTs. So how do you think we're going to move into a healthier NFT ecosystem space where collectors and creators and investors, kind of everyone thinks about what the sustainable future is of what they are building as opposed to, well, the bull market mentality where if it works, you know, if it works on Wednesday, that's enough for us. Well, I have some feelings regarding the secondary market, to be honest. It's something that scares me sometimes because you can't control it. And it's not about control. It is about that you can expect anything. I mean, the people can resell an NFT for a ton of dollars. And then new people, if that people do not recover that money or if that person do not make more money than the money that I invest, they are going to talk shit about NFTs, you know? So I'm really scared about the secondary market. That's why with Docena, I'm trying to not create and incentivize a secondary market. Actually, the price, the entry price is very low. And the NFTs that you, that you get is very, like, attached to your personality. So I wanted to do that just to not have a secondary market. Because with Sears and Cool... I felt a little bad with the people who bought on the secondary market expecting something else, you know? So, yes, I, I don't know what to say about it. I'm a little scared. I, I, I don't know if I like it. I'm not sure if I agree or, or not. Maybe I agree, but sometimes I'm not. So, or I don't. I don't know how can I say that. But, yeah, I, I have my feelings and my things about that. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, it's always a double-edged sword because on the one hand, 
you have the pros of something and then on the other hand you have the cons and you really sometimes have to look at things and go well are the pros worth it if the cons are so costly uh, and I, I'm not sure that's something that everyone always looks at so it's always refreshing when there is a collection that that does think about these things. Um, I want to get on to, you know, sort of the the real world appetite and adoption for NFT. So you've been involved with NFT NYC. Um, how was the experience? What is the sentiment that you got from people on the ground in terms of the place that NFTs have in our lives? I mean, I the, the argument of your family, well, I mean, what do you actually do with it um, or people wanting to buy it, but not understanding what the next step is after owning it. How did you see that in, in New York? Uh, what was the appetite for people kind of thinking about NFTs and the role of NFTs in everyday life? I haven't been in, in New York NYC yet. <laughs> I, uh, I expose my NFTs on it, but I haven't been there yet. Maybe next year I will be there. I was in New York two months ago because Randy Zuckerberg interviewed me for content creation for the social medias. I'm part of the hack, this artist, um, how can I say, artist group who incentivize each other and helps each other. So they invite me to talk with her about Docena, my dynamic NFT collection, about my journey. So I was in New York because of that and to connect with other people. But I think the people are more prepared there. I'm in Argentina. I'm a little, I live, my family live in a little city, which is San Luis. It's a town. So of course they don't get why they should buy NFTs. And the economy crisis here is very bad. So they are not thinking to spend money on something that they can eat. You know what I mean? But there in New York, it's totally different. People are more maybe open-minded or they're more like uh, used to things. It used to see things like that. So I think it's totally different. But that leads me to a question then, because of course we've seen the, the use of crypto and the adoption of crypto in developing countries, for example, um, that has been a quite successful use case. But in terms of NFTs, do you think that NFTs for the moment are, you know, or the, the use of NFTs as we're using it today, at least, is that something that is more applicable to markets where they are at the forefront of technology, whether this is in the US or in Europe or in Dubai or in you know certain parts of Asia? Do you think that it's something that's not going to trickle down as easily or as quickly to other markets where, as you say, there are more important things to worry about in the sense the stability of the of the economy is something that people are concerned about, not digital assets? Yeah, sure. Actually, here in Argentina, uh, the people, the crypto market is very strong. The people are using crypto to save their money because the local um um, current is is very volatile, so change literally every day. It change every day. It go up every day. So I'm here. I arrived here like a month ago, and now already changed. So my money, I have dollars. Um, I I have more money now, value more than the time when I arrived. So it's crazy. But with NFT, I think it's different. At least you have a good, let's say, utility. They're not going to buy NFT just because they like art. This is my opinion. And I know a lot of crypto artists here, uh, 
and they are struggling because they can find collectors. And I think one barrier is the language because Argentinian people are not going to buy NFTs. Latin people, in my opinion, not most of them are going to buy NFT. Maybe a few of them are going to support artists because they have the money for it. But if you're an artist uh, from Latin America, you need to learn English because your collector, you're going to find collector on United States or Europe or in other countries. This is my opinion because that's my experience. No one from Argentina. I have only one collector from Argentina, only one. And I have like a 90 collector for from United States. So I think that that's the real situation here. The people here with the economy are not doing good, to be honest. And it's very sad because I'm from Argentina. Actually, I moved because I saw this coming. And now it's worse. And my family is struggling with the money every day. So, so yeah, they're not thinking to buy art, digital art. Maybe if the people buy art, they're going to have something to hang in the wall. So, so yeah, for the people from Latin America, they need to learn English to expand their frontiers and to get collector from other countries. That's my experience and that's my opinion because I'm seeing the situation here is terrible. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. It's terrible when your country economy uh, essentially goes up in flames. It's really painful. Um, I'm from South Africa, so I, <laughs> I relate. Uh, I, when I come back to visit, um, yeah, it's it's sad to see uh, how people are struggling. Um, but but then I wonder because we're talking about barriers to entry on the one hand, but on the other hand, we also say you know this this digital market, Web three NFTs. There are a lot less barrier to entries. It's much easier for people from all over the world to kind of enter the space. But as you rightly say, I mean, there's additional barriers to entry depending on which market you are from. For example, you first need to learn to speak English. So what advice do you have for artists from you know, countries all around the world where there are so many extra steps that need to be taken in order to get a first foot in the door. Um, what are some of the top pieces of advice that you think people should focus on? Because, I mean, there's a lot that can discourage you. There's a lot that can make you go, well, this is not worth it. It's taking too much time. It's taking too much money. So what would be the key pieces of advice uh, for someone who does have all these additional extra steps that they need to take in order to really, you know, enter this industry in the first place? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, learn English. <laughs> I think that's my best advice. And I think like two years ago, it was easier because you have to mint your NFT on OpenSea, on Tesos or any other marketplace. And you can sell your, your NFTs and no one is going to ask you who, who is the artist, you know. But now you need to promote yourself. You need to be there, be active, stay on Twitter spaces, on LinkedIn audio event, go out there to promote your artwork. So I think it's different. But at the same time, you can reach more people if you speak English because you can connect with more people who are more willing to buy your NFTs. Two years ago was different. and But I think Tesos is, is a good community because it's cheap. I mean, in Tesos, you can sell like a cheapest NFTs or uh, the low entry, the, the entry is lower, or it depends on the price that you're going to put, of course. But maybe OpenSea now is, I don't know, I, I don't like OpenSea anymore. But yeah, I think the best advice that I'm going to give is 
if you are if you speak Spanish or any other language, just learn English because you are going to increase your chances to connect with collectors. Yeah, I mean that, that my experience. Well, that definitely does go for I think most industries right now. Um, if you don't have the ability to speak the international language of the industry that you want to be in, then that definitely does hamper you even from the beginning. But so now we have AI, which obviously is making a lot of things a lot easier. And I know that you participated in a L'Oreal and Hug contest where you were using uh, NFTs, well, not NFTs, where you were using artwork that you had created using or with help from AI. So with this new technology coming in, in the sense that, you know, generative AI is making it a lot easier for people who don't necessarily have the skills or, as you were saying at the beginning, I mean, if it's paper and pen that, or paper and paint that you need to start with, if you don't have the digital tools, do you think that this is going to make things easier for people to break into industries or is this going to make it even more difficult? Absolutely. Yes, we will get to that point, of course. I think it's going to make the, the things easier for people to connect each other. And yeah, for sure, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Because yeah, now, now I speak English, but sometimes I'm lazy to speak English. And I feel that I can express better in Spanish, of course. And for me, it's, it's challenging to speak English, to be honest. But I'm trying to learn every day. I'm trying to improve myself, to improve my skills. But of course, AI is going to help a lot of people to connect each other, to speak other languages, even they don't speak that language. And yeah, I think that's the solution. And so how do you see artists using AI in addition to the art that they are already doing? Because, of course, there's a huge debate about AI art, you know, on the one hand, breaking boundaries. I mean, creating things for people that didn't have those skills. And now because of AI, they can they can create art that might only have been in their heads, but they didn't have the skill to do it. Or alternatively, there's the other camp where people are saying, well, it's killing creativity because we're just getting AI to do everything for us. So where are you on, on the spectrum of that debate? Do you think that AI will be something that is going to help artists and to improve their art and, and, and not necessarily their art, but their, their, the, the work they put out into the world? Uh, or is it something that's going to be more of a challenge to a lot of artists? Well, um, I have my thought about it. <laughs> I think AI can replace a graphic designers, but no artists. And for example, with Docena, of course I could use AI, but I didn't on my art. I use it on the storytelling part, you know, on the signature story that I create. So I think you need to be honest. If you're going to use AI, you need to say it. You need to say, hey, this is AI, or this is a collaboration with AI. But I think the people is going to value more the one-of-one artwork, handmade artwork, artwork created by artists. And I'm more into that. Actually, I'm taking uh, drawing lessons because I want to improve my uh, drawing skills and I don't want to use AI for that. And if I use AI, I'm going to say it. Maybe I can use AI for inspiration, which is which is okay. It's good because I used to use Pinterest, for example, but now I can use AI for inspiration only. But I don't feel like a comfortable using AI on my paintings because I think that I'm going to lie and I'm cheating. You know what I mean? 
but it's okay if someone else wants to use AI because everyone is going to use it at the end. But I think you need to be honest and you need to maybe do a little effort to think something by yourself. And then if you don't have any idea, okay, you say, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, first of all, you need to be honest. And yeah, so I don't want to use AI on my paintings, to be honest. I want to improve my drawing skills, painting skills, and be more like a traditional and feel proud of the things that I did by myself. This is my opinion. But I think it's interesting, as you said, that you use aspects of AI. So with Ducina to generate the, the signature bios for collectors. So there is a place for AI. It doesn't necessarily have to be the entire picture. I mean, excuse the pun. It doesn't have to be everything but you, that you do, but you can incorporate elements of it where it makes sense. Now, you are someone who definitely is committed to breaking boundaries i mean what you what you do with your art using the technology to think of new and innovative ways that not only puts your art out there but also you you speak to the the issues in the industry like you said not wanting to kind of cater to the secondary market with this collection to make sure that the collection is something that is unique to the holder um what are some of the trends that you see in the next few years in terms of how NFTs will be created, how they will be traded, not only in the art space, but what do you think the role of 10 NFTs are going to become in, in, in certain aspects of society? As we said, definitely it's not something that's going to be for everyone, but for those people that do start adopting digital assets more and more, what kind of trends do you think we are going to see over the next few years? Well, I'm not sure about trends, but um, as a told you i'm really obsessed with dynamic nfts and i think that you can create a, a new world with dynamic nfts you can really create maybe a movie if you want so i think that's very excited and that excites me because if you own an nft that maybe next month is going to change or maybe next year is going to change it's going to has a different value or it's going you can expect something different that's pretty cool and that's pretty cool to own if you own something that is changing uh, or, or is evolving the whole time. So I'm very excited for that. And I would love to see more uh, brands using dynamic NFTs. So now, of course, I'm I'm helping a, a brand to get into the Web3 with dynamic NFTs. So I think I love to think about dynamic NFTs because you can, as I told you, the sky's the limit that you can create the world that you want, anything that you can imagine, you can do it with dynamic NFT. So I'm very excited for that, uh, for artists using dynamic NFTs and all the power that that this technology has. And I, I will love to tell you about my new idea, but I can't. <laughs> but I'm so excited to show it to the world and share it uh, because I think it's pretty cool. And I can only do it because of the dynamic NFT collection because you can connect it with an API for the weather, for a time zone, uh, my case with the for the zodiac signs. So I think you can really create cool stuff. Not only a static dynamic, I static a PFP NFT. You can really create a, a piece of artwork, a masterpiece, or anything you want. So you said earlier that it was quite a learning curve to start working with NFTs in the sense that NFTs, you were new to it, 
now it's dynamic dynamic NFTs that have an additional layer of you know technical know-how to it. So how difficult was it then uh, to start learning about dynamic NFTs and to understand how they work and all the different pieces that work together? Where were some of, I know you, you did give us a resource earlier um, that perhaps if, yeah, so perhaps a question here, if, if folks listening do want to go, uh, go check out some of the resources, um, do you have something, a link perhaps on your, on your Twitter account or something that people can refer to for you know, resources that resources that they can learn more about using dy- dynamic NFTs in art. Well, no, I I don't have, but I learned on Google. Just put dynamic NFTs, and you will find a lot of new information. And actually, the hack they have a, a download. A, how do you say like a PPF PFD? <laughs> I would say PF, PFP, PFT, where you can learn a lot about dynamic NFT. But if you will, if you go on Google, you can find like a useful information about it. But I, basically, dynamic NFTs is an asset that can change, so you can update the metadata. metadata. So I'm using Arweave, for example, to storage the images. Uh, some people are using IPFS, IPFS. I think that's the right way to say it in English, and. I have the keys of Docena of my collection, so I can update the information, the metadata of the NFTs because I have the keys and I can update, for example, next month, of course, we know the NFT is going to change because it's the Libra season right now. We are in Virgo, but if I want to change Libra to another sign, I can do it. I'm not going to do it, but I can update, for example, the collector's birthday because I have the keys to do that. So I think that's pretty cool because keep the people excited about what's next you know so yeah but you can find that information on google actually i have a team i work with a developer team to this collection so they create the smart contract they create the rweave folders and i did it because i signed with my wallet but they were guiding me so now i know how to do it because i have someone who taught me how to do it but if you want to do it by yourself maybe you can go to the transient lab because they are helping artists and creators to create dynamic pieces and they are helping with all the technical uh, side and i use for my collection a a avocado blockchain they are absolutely great and they help me help me through all the process so i had some help i didn't do it by myself uh, Fernanda, thank you so much. I see we are very close to time. So I want to quickly get into some uh, audience questions. I'm just scrolling through here. Um, what factors, this is from Nunu, what factors can influence the price of NFT artwork to fail? Uh, and is there a solution for this? Well, um, Sirius and Cole, the cheapest to say a more affordable price was like $200 and the expensive one was $1,200. But now with Ocena is $38. You need to adapt to the market. You need to read the community. So of course I couldn't charge $300 with Ocena because I'm not going to sell anything. Now uh, the people are, you need to read the market. So now we, we are in the bear market, so lower your prices. 
put your like a more affordable price. If we are in the pool and you have a one of one piece, yeah, you can maybe go high. And then I have another question, which also happens to be from Nunu. Thank you, Nunu. You have really great questions today. Uh, in the future, will NFTs be much more valuable as a storage asset compared to crypto tokens? What do you think about that? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. This is changing the whole time. So I don't know. Last year, we thought that to own a board ape could save your life, you know, and make your reach richer and richer and now we've seen that that's not true so i don't know to be honest yeah, i mean that's the beauty of being in this <laughs> in this industry is no one knows and no one has a crystal ball and we are all just being we are all just out there creating things having fun dreaming having vision and seeing what's going to happen so that's the that's the exciting part of being in this industry Fernando, thank you so much for your time today. It was really lovely to, to connect with you and to hear more about just the thinking that went into creating these collections. Um, if people want to stay updated with you, where is the best place? Where can they find your art? Uh, and where is the best place to just follow you on a daily basis? Well, I have a link on my Twitter profile and you can find my last collection, docena.art. And yeah, you can find the whole information there. And on LinkedIn, I'm like Fernanda Bocar, like a more, you know, serious name. <laughs> but here I'm like Fer Bocar. So you can find my, my whole collection on, on the link on my Twitter profile. Well, with that, guys, I hope you had a enjoyable hour listening to a very, very cool use case for dynamic NFTs in NFT art. And I'm very much looking forward to whatever Fernanda has in store next. Going to keep my eyes and ears peeled to see when that announcement launches. Uh, and as for the audience, I'll catch you again next week for another episode of The Future of NFTs brought to you by Adlunum. Cheers, guys. Have a wonderful week. You've been listening to The Future of NFTs. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform like Spotify or iTunes. Connect with Adlunum on Twitter at Adlunum Inc. or our website, adlunum.cc.